Film Spotting Earthlings. Welcome back to another episode of Film Spotting in a Pandemic. Dearie me, I didn't realise how long these shenanigans would go on for. I didn't know hysteria would go so far that an adult man thought that long distance driving was the right form of assessment for his eyesight. Someone fire this PR team. Immediately. Honestly, stay alert was bad, but this fable was worse. So I have some good news and some bad news. Let's start the episode off with the bad news. This will be the penultimate episode of the series. Is this a standalone series? Will there be a reboot? I simply cannot answer these questions without a lawyer present. However, the most requested guest is finally sitting in the interviewing seat. He's ready to tell all in this film spotting exclusive. Every episode I'm inundated with harassment. Claire, you haven't seen Lord of the Rings. Claire, you haven't seen Forrest Gump. No guys. I'm not doing this because I've watched loads of films, if anything to the contrary. I believe that a person is a sum of the films that they have watched throughout their lives. That's why I love films. One person's palm door is another person's film they wouldn't even watch during lockdown. Anyway, we have Alan Campbell, famous for his achievement of watching all the films to watch before you die. When not in lockdown, Alan's still watching a nine hour foreign language film black and white masterpiece, which no one else would ever dare to watch, but Alan dares to dream. Alan Campbell, welcome to Film Spotting in a Pandemic, the only podcast listened to in the Western Hemisphere at the minute. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you for having me on. I've been looking forward to this. Um, I've got a couple of shout outs already, so I'm looking oh, forward great. to hopefully uh, living up to a reputation. Well, Alan, you've been requested more times than Mr. Brightside was in 2003. <laughs> How does it make you feel? Honestly, you're a living legend. I mean, it's about the only thing I've been famous for, so I'll take it. We do need to discuss all the films that you watched and what inspired you to watch all those films before you die. Oh, right. Well, do you know what it was? When I was about 16, 17, I remember, I remember Niall Greenlee's shout out, if listening, um, <laughs> was uh, he, he suggested we should do the top 250 ever made. And I thought, brilliant. And he yeah. gave up on it really quickly. He must have watched about 30 of them. I've then, seen the list, so I understand why. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, you see certain ones, for example, Gangs of Wazipur. Um, yeah. It's an Indian film, and it's going on about seven hours. God. Yeah, so <laughs> as soon as you see something like that, it can be really off-putting, but it, it is... How just... long did it take you? Did you do it, like, one after the other, or did you do it over a few months years I mean I just kind of did it like as an ongoing project you know I um, it must have taken me a couple of years all, all in yeah. all to do it like yeah you know I mean you, you learn a lot from it did you use a particular list because I know there's different ones for IMDB and um, I would I would definitely like to state that um, I'm an IMDB man loyal okay good loyal to it. Um, Rotten Tomatoes I despise not very accurate and what no not very accurate I mean if you look at like their top 50 for example Mm-hmm. almost none of them should be there yeah like I, I honestly find it crazy like you know you'll have something and nothing should be a hundred percent like you know. I, I i agree i actually um in passing was it yesterday uh there was an article from the guardian on top 100 films to watch because obviously it's lockdown so um i took a little scan just before and you were doing this recording i was like i'm just gonna count out of these 100 films which ones i've seen 
I'd yes. only seen 14 because wow. there are just films that you've, you know, people have never, like we have never heard, well, not you, obviously. The yeah. common man has never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> do you have an overriding factor for watching a film? Like, do you watch it for entertainment, for education, or it just depends on your mood? That's a good question. I mean, I kind of, what, like, there, there's one that I find soul destroying that I'll do. I'll watch it because it's high box office and people will be talking mm. about it. There's nothing yeah. cheeses me off more when someone says, oh, have you seen this? And, you know, by the sounds of it, you know, it's like the it's a rock movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, the rock stars in it. And I'm like, no, I've not seen it. But but now I'm going to have to go home. <laughs> yeah. But, yes, education. I like, I love a history film. So, like, I learn, yeah. I love learning about films. And then, you know, I'll have ones that are just, you know, of my interest. You know, like a sports yeah. film or stuff like that. Um guilty pleasures you know yeah of course well um we'll have to get into it and i have to ask the leading question but mm -hmm. i've adapted it for you normally yeah. I ask everyone have you ever seen a film but clearly you have seen many films so have you watched a film in the last 24 hours by any chance or you've been taking I a little have, break I what film did you watch um i watched the village uh you know the m night Shyamalan one yes vaguely i haven't seen it but was it good um, it's it's strange, you know. Again, it was one with a bit of a mixed reputation. Well, mm -hmm. Joaquin Phoenix is the star with Adrian Brody, so you know you kind of think, yeah. and Brendan Gleeson as well. But ah, yes. Um, you just assume it's going to be class, especially with the director. Well, make a note of that. And um, we've been in lockdown for nine to ten weeks now. Yeah. I assume we've been watching a lot of films, but what is the film that is so bad you wouldn't watch it in lockdown? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to have to go with uh, Murr. And that's a hard one to say if you're from Belfast. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, will, I will maybe spell it for anyone that's English or Scottish. <laughs> M-I-R-R-O-R. That is very um, helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't think of that until I'd said it out loud. But uh, <laughs> It gives me the creeps as well, that word. I don't like saying it outside of Northern Ireland. <laughs> I actually... I, it, it was one that I wasn't conscious of and I was in Vietnam and mm. English people would make me say it quite often. Yeah. And they, I mean, they couldn't believe it. It's positively it. racist when they make the, when they make us do it that. <laughs> I know. So, I don't know. I don't know how to take it. It makes me feel like a circus animal. Or <laughs> so Andrei Tarkovsky didn't enjoy it. Yes. Right. So, I mean, firstly, I want to back Andrei Tarkovsky. Now he has four or five, possibly five I think it is in the top 250 yeah. and all the other ones are brilliant you know you've got Solaris which was remade and George Clooney starred in it in the in okay. the remake one and um, now it was in the 70s brilliant and mm. um, you have Stalker is in my opinion is his best ever okay, it's yeah. kind of strange like sci-fi one where um they they venture into this area known as the zone where people just mm. seem to disappear but it's kind of like, it's, it's like supernatural, but it's almost like, uh, it's, it's, it's so hard to explain if yeah. you haven't watched it, you know what I mean, without actually. I think that's with a lot of his films though. It's yeah. not, it's much easier to go away and think about it than actually describe what's happening on screen. I think you have to exactly. interpret a lot of it. Exactly. And you know, he's done ones like Andre Rublev. So I, that's the only one I've seen parts of. Obviously, it's three hours oh. long, and everyone knows I can't dedicate three hours to anything. Yes, yes. It is considered one of the best films ever, so you can't... I mean, I, what, did, what did you think? It's a bit boring, isn't it? It is boring, and uh, it's 
it's you have to really think about it it's not a film that you watch straight and you're like oh that was that was enjoyable i enjoyed yeah, that it is supposed to be experienced i think more than it is I'm very so snobby mean. but it I'm, does really remind me of um alfonso Curran's roma have you seen yes roma? yes i know what you mean actually yeah i get that really reminds me of roma and i loved roma but again it took me it took me going away from roma to be like wow that was actually you know it's more like the yeah. the art of it all and the mm. frames and the pacing and stuff and that's what I think of when I think of. Very good. Yeah. It's a bit of a purist film, isn't it? I mean, you wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't hand it to someone who doesn't really like films or kind yeah, of. Yeah, no, not at all. And also, yeah. I had to do Roma in two settings. So, like Andrew Tchaikovsky's films, it would take me days to watch. I'd have to keep pausing. Yes. No, I mean, well, I mean, in, in terms of pausing, I think you'll be shocked at this. So, I mean, I watched this, this film. And we've already described what it is. I don't want to say the word again. <laughs> the reflective <laughs> surface. <laughs> the reflective surface. It's renamed. Um, so, I mean, I watched it. It was so bad that I had to watch it in 10-minute sittings. Did you? 10 minutes. How long is it? It was just two hours. Okay, um, so really but, short for him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it won't. Thank, thank goodness. But, I mean... You know, I, 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 as I said, I love his films and I love that boy that he puts in all his film, films, Antelai Selinsky, yeah. I think his name is, um, who died at like the age of 30 or so. Like, you know, oh, which I didn't really know sad. Like, he should have been huge. Yeah. But, uh, obviously, it didn't happen for him. But, I mean, this film, you know, I, I looked at the plot line on IMDb when I started mm. and then when I finished it, I did the same and I said, that's not what, that's not <laughs> what the plot line is. Like, I mean, it's supposed to be this older Russian guy retelling his story of his childhood oh. and his life going through the Russian revolution and stuff. And I mean, I, don't, I never picked up an old guy that was retelling any story at any point. <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, I mean, he, he, there was a, an old guy talking in the background. You never see mm-hmm. this old guy, but you, you hear him talking in the background and it's like he's talking in cryptic poetry. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's just terrible translation. It might be, um, but as well as that, there is so many characters, and I watched the entire thing, and I don't know yeah. who was who. I don't know who he was in the sh- in the film. I honestly don't know who he was. I hate films that make me think I don't get it. I'm like, what's exactly. is it? Is it me? And then sometimes you just realize <laughs> it's the film. It's not you. <laughs> that, that's the thing. You know, sometimes films are too smart, and it. It irritates me so much that, that I have to think about it so yeah, much. I agree. Do you enjoy art house cinema? Or is it kind of just a, an achievement um, when you do watch it? Because for me, it's a bit of an achievement. But I do get the, I can see the experimental sides. I think enjoy is definitely a strong word. word. Yeah. yeah, no, I think I'm, on the, I'm in the same position as you on that. Well, that was, that's, a good, that's a good film choice. I'm not going to watch it because no. I can't even dedicate the time to watch uh, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> So that's none of them. No, Alan, don't. We're not getting into all the films I haven't watched. Oh, no, <laughs> I don't believe it. No, Alan, 2020 was supposed to be a good one, but it just didn't live up to our expectations. <laughs> Which film did not live up to your expectations? I'm gonna have to apologize to Bannon on this one who recommended it to me. Okay, um, Bannon's a great guy for a film, but mm. this was Honey Boy. I've seen Honey Boy. You've seen Honey Boy? No, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. For those that haven't seen Honey Boy, because I don't think it, it's um, as well known, I don't think a lot of people have seen it. It's basically about 
Shia LaBeouf's relationship with his dad when he's growing up and how that makes him into the crazy manic, renowned yeah. drug, drug man he is today. But I did, I did watch a few interviews um, afterwards just to see what his kind of oh, motives yeah. were. And he kind of said it was therapy for him making the film. Because you could go in and think of it was a, a revenge film against his dad, but he actually still has a decent relationship with his dad and his dad knew the film was coming out and everything. So. Wow, I didn't know that. For me... I love Shia LaBeouf. I actually, uh-huh. he's, he's someone I think is really underrated because he went so mad for a while. I think, yeah, I think he's really misunderstood because before yeah. I watched Honey Boy, I thought I didn't like him. I just, because of he went, he went so mad. So I thought mm-hmm. going into Honey Boy, I was like, this is going to be some narcissistic boy that grows up in Hollywood tragedy yeah. film. And then you watch and you're like, it's not anything. It's not like that at all. It's, it, yeah. I think it's way better than that. But why, why did it not live up to? I, un- I understand what you mean. For me, he he plays his dad really well, and I think that's yeah. I think that's incredible that he even did that. It's very uh, risky, isn't it? It's it's very risky, and it's obviously a very touchy subject. I'm fair played him for doing it. There's not many people that don't that like to that do that image of themselves. You know, it's yeah. I, I think I think it's quite hard to do. I mean, it was it was brave, but the guy that plays plays Shia LaBeouf, you know, in in rehab basically, I think he was per. I, I didn't I, I didn't agree think, I didn't think he expressed expressed any sort of emotion very well he, um, he completely faded into the background for me young yeah. young Shia LaBeouf was the young guy was really good was incredible I I don't even think the can't remember what his name is but he's in Ladybird and the actor all his scenes could have been cut and it would have been fine I wouldn't have missed I actually forgot parts of his scenes yes no I I, th- I think I think that's right so I mean he he was the thing that really disappointed that disappointed me um the other the other thing that disappointed me you know obviously Shia LaBeouf has, has clearly had drug problems I mean he's mm-hmm. you know he's put up some strange videos in the past and stuff it doesn't really actually go into what ha- what happened to him yeah or, or even the drugs like you know I don't I don't know what what he was on or anything yeah and I'd be interested to know what his downfall was before he... Before bet, he yeah, back. because the first few scenes, they kind of try and set up the story like that, but you don't get anything yeah. from it. Yeah, I agree. I think... Yeah, and, but he seems to be back on back on track. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's I mean, what rehab you, does. <laughs> I mean, true, true. He's got there. Uh, did you see the Peanut Butter Falcon, actually? No, I, I saw that it was out, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, I heard it's, it's supposed to be very good. It's, it's really good, actually. It's worth the watch. Well, I think, I, well, I do like Honey Boy. So now I like Shia LaBeouf, apparently. I didn't think I did. Yeah. Um, so I'll get into that. Um, Alan, I presume you're missing the cinema. Oh, so badly. <laughs> so badly. Do you have a favourite cinema in Northern Ireland? Do you know what? I'm going to miss the Upland Road. No, it's so heartbreaking. It closed basically amongst all the madness. I know. I really can't express my anger towards Kianos. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the I mean, company that bought it over? Yeah. That's the, that's the company that took them over. And um, in fact, Curtis Starr is going to be working in that building. So we technically keep... hate Curtis Starr now. Yeah, no, literally. <laughs> Curtis is the enemy. Sorry, Curtis. <laughs> is there a film that you can only see at the cinema, but can now never see in Dublin Road, unfortunately? Oh, you see that? That's, that's the thing. And... I'm going. I'm going to take a guess here that you haven't seen any of them. I'm not sure if that's a harsh guess, but Star Wars. Uh, yeah, Christian dealt with me on that one. I think was it Christian? Oh, it was Christian. He? Yeah, yeah. He was. I think he picked um, Star Wars for his one to see at the cinema. And oh. I get the whole. 
um, hype of it completely. But mm. it's just, I'm not into fantasy boy films because I'm a sexist. And I presume only boys can <laughs> like these films. I just, I've never actually met a girl that says they love Star Wars. Interesting. It's normally- I'm mostly the- just hanging around with the wrong girls, but- Yeah. So well, why, why do you think that they can only be seen in the cinema? Maybe a stupid question. You see, you see, that's the thing. Ever since the modern ones have been made, I've made a, made a point of a few of us going to the midnight release. And, you Good. know, it was just the culture that we had of going there and then chilling afterwards and kind of just, just breaking, it, breaking yeah. it all down. So Christian actually said that he didn't really have the same love for the new ones. And he only saw, I think he'd only seen Rogue One on the TV, which I think is just an insult to any film. If that's when you're first going to see it, it's on the TV. So do you think that they live up to the originals? I mean, that's that's the thing. You know, I've been doing kind of like a bit of research into into the Star Wars and how they've been received, like all Mm. of them. And, you know, but there's been 10 or 11 different movies of different different franchises, etc. But, um, (laughs) <laughs> there seems to be a kind of common theme that only three of them are rated as actually decent movies. Oh, really? Um, I knew the first two won awards, but I, I don't really yes, know about You see, the, the very first two are extremely well done, but the modern, like, when I say the modern ones, the kind of ones that are late 1990s, early 2000s, okay, yeah. with, like, Ewan McGregor and stuff, mm. um, they are slated everywhere. Um, oh, really? that three and I mean they're they're the Clone Wars they should be the the, the enjoyable ones yeah. um, and it's funny because you know as as a film watcher you know I think I should almost be more critical but because mm-hmm. I have such a childhood nostalgia towards Star Wars it's hard to critique I, films I, like I that I don't see past it like I just love them regardless yeah. um, but you're right I've reflected on the most recent three and it is true that the it was a bit of a failure. Adam Driver was good as Kylo Ren, uh, you know. So I thought the villain himself was good, but there was there was a lot of um, it's it's it just it just went too far. And the other thing that annoys me about Star Wars, everyone has to be related in some way. You know, yeah. why does that have to be a thing? <laughs> you know, just, you know the, as soon as you saw that new character Ray at the at the start of the trilogy, I was like, oh, she's just going to definitely be related to Luke Skywalker, or something. <laughs> and you just knew it, you know, yes, all the way. Predictable, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and still in the cinema, me at me at midnight, I'm like, oh, when I find out, <laughs> as, as if as if I didn't know, <laughs> you know. So, um, I think they weren't great, but um, I think there's due to be another trilogy. Oh, um, really? stop me loving it i highly yeah. doubt it <laughs> you know i love your unconditional love for the star wars franchise. i know yeah so when they first came out because i didn't realize how early they came out it was like the late 70s yeah. so way way earlier than i thought and they were kind of renowned for their like the new wave of special effects of course yeah. so they kind of saved hollywood in a sense but then there's some critics that say that franchise and franchise and jaws took away from sophisticated films I put in air quotation marks because it was just like juvenile fantasy films rather than you know deep meaningful films with themes but I think there's different reasons people go to watch films and special effects is the is the driver for yeah I mean in terms in terms of the box office it seems to be centered around special effects you know blockbusters yeah you look at the likes of the fast and furious I mean they they've gone way too far they're about they should have cut off about six films ago. That's so funny. Me and Cody were actually 
since this episode have been ta still talking about Fast and Furious on a yeah. daily basis. And uh, he sent me a video of Paul Walker and he said, and it was actually a video, it was a YouTube video. And I was like, this actually makes me want to watch Fast and Furious because it was like more sentimental and emotional. And he said, just yeah. watch the first one and just watch the fourth one and then don't watch the rest. Well, you know, he's obviously the guy for that, for that uh, saga, but... Uh, he is a devoted I fan. I mean, I have actually interestingly watched them all. But I mean, I remember a couple of films ago, it's the most I've ever cringed at a film, actually. Oh, really? Um, was um, Vin, Diz Vin Diesel. He says something really, really cheesy. You know, he's standing on top of a rooftop. Um, like, there's helicopters all around the place, you know, just, just yeah. stuff being blown up. And then, um, you know, the ground is kind of cracked, you know, but he, he is on a 20-story car park. And he says something cheesy and then stamps his foot and it causes an earthquake, literally an earthquake that shatters and basically destroys, <laughs> destroys that bad guy. That's I mean, serious. like, you know, I, I was actually trying to think if that happened in real life, like, you know, what are the chance, what are the chances um, that he stamps his foot and nothing happens and he just looks like a dick, you know, like yeah, why was he so confident that he could do that? I mean, that irritates me so much. That's very unrealistic. That's, see, that's, see, Fast and Furious is meant to be somewhat believable. Yes. Whereas, you know, in another film, if it was a superhero film, if it was the Hulk, different. That's true. I mean, they've got a bit more leeway in that sense. Um, so, Alan, who are you isolating with? Um, just my mum, actually. How is yeah. she? Is she well? Yeah, she's pretty good. She's pretty good. And you're not going to kill each other anytime soon? Um, hopefully not, no. Um, but I am looking forward to getting back to my dad. You know how it is. Miss the dog. Oh no, oh no, I forgot about your dog. That's, 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 that's a sad thing, sad isolation stories. Um, so if for some reason your mum couldn't, didn't want to isolate with you anymore, mm -hmm. which actor, actress or fictional film character would you want to isolate with? Hmm. So I'm going to go actor first, okay? Um, I'm going to say Sacha Baron Cohen. The master of black comedy. Yes, the master of black comedy. I definitely wanted it to make a comedian, you know, like you don't want to isolate with someone like with, with just someone really cool and slick because, you know. Yeah. Well, it just make you feel uncool in reality. Really, I mean, I, I just wouldn't want to leave the bedroom and be so underconfident. Yeah. <laughs> you want to you want to isolate with someone funny and you've got the likes of Adam Sandler, like, you know, he'd be a yeah. great bloke to have a night out with and stuff. But Sacha Baron Cohen, he's just he's just the creator of characters, you know, and I just. Yeah. I just love it. You know, I love his creativity. So I think there'd be few people you could have more fun with than him. I agree. Um, do you have a favourite film of his? Oh, no, that's, that's asking. I do, I, you know, I love Borat. I just... Borat is... I adore A masterpiece. Borat. I think Borat is one of the films that is just the example of an excellent comedy. Yes. It's so good. It is. Because it's hard to find, a, like, a single comedy that everyone likes yeah and isn't just cheap and tacky it's actually exactly it's, you know it's not just like some sort of form of toilet humor or something yeah yeah exactly yeah give me your best comedies actually my best comedies oh mm -hmm. i'm under pressure now um <laughs> see my best comedies are quite i'd say cheap one of my favorite okay. comedies used to be get him to the greek I don't see, I do love Sasha Baron Cohen as well. Like The Dictator, I think, is one of my favourite films. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of The Dictator too. Tell me this, have you seen Office Space? No, what's Office Space? Oh, wow. Um, pa Palmer is going to be wagging his finger right now. Of course. <laughs> Office Space. It's like, you'll know the memes from it. You'll definitely know the memes. Okay. 
it's basically just this this guy um who lives who just lives an ordinary boring office job and he just oh. hates it so much that he just him and him and his boys just kind of snap and like want to leave the office basically and like they try to basically scam the office out of loads of money. I would say that and Four Lions are the two best comedies I've ever seen. Okay, I haven't seen either of these. So, uh, uh, Lions. Do you know what Four is Lions there any, is? Is there any one of note? I can't think. Is there like no. any? No. That, that, that's, the, that's the interesting thing about them. They aren't, they aren't particularly famous. Like, you know, like I love, I love the likes of Will Ferrell and yeah, yeah. Hill, all those boys. Of course. But that's what's so good. I mean, Four Lions, it's crazy um, that it was so successful, given what it is, because it's basically four four guys in England that want to be terrorists. Like, they're wannabe terrorists. Okay, yeah. yeah the, whole, like, the, the point is that they're just really shit at what they do. And I mean, it just doesn't sound funny, but it is yeah. unbelievable. And, you know, you, you could never stop watching it. It's so good. See, that's what I quite liked about um, Sasha Barrow Cohen's films, is they're just so outrageous that... Yeah. It highlights how ridiculous the things that they're trying to show is offensive. You know, mm-hmm. I was trying to think the other day about whether his films would still receive well to a 2020 audience. But I do think, I do think if anyone watched it and was offended, they would be somewhat, they wouldn't be the right audience and they probably would be the people that are, he is trying to target. His whole satire is to highlight the ignorant. You know, in, in Borat, how I think there was only three real actors, including Sasha Barco and, and everyone else was just in passersby. And I'm like, that just actually highlights how ridiculous America is, that these were all real people. That's that's so true. I mean, that's that's what that's what he does. That's what he does so well. But you know, as you say, would that receive well today? Yeah, you know, it's 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 hard it's hard to tell. But that you know, that's what I'm saying. I you can't get a comedy really that is that is it for everyone. PC, yeah. They are they are just, you know, um target audience. You have to take a ri- yeah, you have to take a risk, I think, with comedy. But I, I think Office Space is the most reliable you could possibly have. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I trust I really I, everyone trusts your opinion, Alan. You're <laughs> father of films so i'll give it a watch and especially because i love comedy so this could oh, be the okay. one because boys keep suggesting action films to me and i'm like i'm never gonna watch yeah. that but what can you do? Do, you do you have genres that you'd stick to well yeah i see i'm a i'm a romance at heart, at heart okay. and comedy and a few thrillers i like a few thrillers i like biopic that's my usual what i stick to what i know here romance chat to me have you seen call me by your name I love Call Me By Your Name. Oh, I do. I do. Such a great film. Such a, yeah, it's a, it's a very unconventional way of approaching um, relationships. And I think Timothy Chalamet is outstanding. Oh, I mean, you see Timothy Chalamet, like I was really hoping he would come up at some point. I, I think he is the next big thing, like the next Marlon Brando. Like he is the, yeah. the actor. I think, yeah, for our generation, because he's our kind of age, he will be the one that we all remember. Yeah. Have you seen, I've seen an advert for the, no, a bit controversial to bring him up, but the Woody Allen film, A Rainy Day in New York. I haven't seen that actually. I've seen a few of his. But so it was supposed to come out during pandemic times. So it hasn't oh, come out in the cinema yeah. yet. Um, but watch that as a trailer. It's a bit of a stylistic film. It looks, it looks fun. It looks, it's a bit of a comedy, but also yeah. a bit of a drama. Do you think the viewers will be affected by Woody Allen himself? I think I think a lot less people will go to see it, but yeah. I like to divide the art from the artist, and I'm Fair still going to see it just for for Timothy Chalamet and um, Elle Fanning is also in it. So, oh yeah, no, I I, res- I respect that. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something controversial go in that 
one of my favorite actors is none other than Kevin Spacey. Is it really? Yeah, I mean, he is just phenomenal. But because of what's happened, I mean, don't get me wrong, he's done he's done wrong. Now no one will watch yeah. his films ever again. You know, he won't. He, his career is over. It's sad because he's he's so successful. I suppose you know people aren't inherently evil from day dot. Yeah, you can still enjoy his films and think that he was a decent person then. Yeah, you can try. It is difficult in this new PC world that we live in, which is good. And being PC is good, but <laughs> just you know, for the listeners, I'm not advocating for hatred and assault. But you know, I think it's supposed to be viewed as art rather than. That's true. That's true. I mean, yeah, you can't depreciate. You, you take away from their performance by any yeah, means. Yeah, exactly, and all the many people that work behind the scenes as well. But yeah. that Sash Barcon is a very good person yeah. to isolate with. I think that'll be very fun. Keep you. He has many different characters as well, so you'd actually be isolating with like five people. <laughs> That's the thing. But the question is, will he have too much energy? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. No, I think I like to think positive. I think he's great. So I think. You picked a good one. <laughs> but if I was to go actress now, okay, yes, I'm gonna choose Rachel McAdams. Um, now is that for aesthetic reasons or for uh, a deeper <laughs> meaning behind it? Well, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, again, I actually think she's a great actress. Yeah, and I, I really do love what she does, and she's great in True Detective. So, what what are your top films for Rachel? Top films. Um, I mean, that's that's obviously t- TV show, but uh, I would go. I mean, my 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 favorite film of of hers is Southpaw. Um, I haven't seen Southpaw. It's, it's a box. It's a boxing one. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's but Jake Gyllenhaal's the boxer. Oh, okay. And then you know she's she's in it as his wife, mm-hmm. and then you know he kind of gets into a scuffle with with some security guard, and she gets shot dead basically, like you know at the start okay. of it basically. So he's just on the downhill basically. Yeah. As you would be if you lost Rachel McAdams as your wife. I know, flip. You'd never be able to recover. That's that's the thing. But I mean, she's she just got a lot. She's the most beautiful woman in the world. She is, and she's got a lot of breadth as an actress. You know, she yeah. started started off in Mean Girls, and in the same year, I know, so she, I know and, and people always forget. But in the same year, she did The Notebook, and I think people yeah. think they're actually a lot further apart than they are. But you know, different characters, but both very powerful women. Yeah. She plays very strong um, female roles. So she's a great one as well. She's, she's great in the notebook, actually. It's, a, it's an interesting one. Like, you know, obviously Ryan Gosling was chosen because apparently he was supposed to be not good looking. Really? I didn't know that. Like, like they wanted a kind I couldn't of, imagine someone looking at that man and thinking he wasn't good looking. <laughs> they wanted a kind of scruffy, almost like nerdy, scrawny sort of type is what yeah. they were looking for. And they chose Ryan Gosling, who's now like, you know, a bit of a sex icon. You know? Yeah, he is indeed. I would, I would concur with that one. Um, so, um, you know what, Alan, because it's you and you're a VIP guest, you can have both. You can have Sasha Barco and, and Rachel McAdams. I'm I hope joking. that, that he, there's no homewrecking involved and Sasha leaves you to be alone. But you yeah, get this. I, I, I really hope that he doesn't try to come on to or anything because that's the only way I'm getting there. Now, so. Alan, it's nearing the end we're at mm-hmm. the final hurdle the listeners are going to be at the edge of their seats waiting to hear oh they've been waiting for this one what is your palm door of the pandemic and now guys remember he's seen the hundred films before you die is it one of those well do you know what you see the you see the position i'm in if i see a seven out of ten now that i haven't seen before 
mm-hmm. I'm delighted. Like I'm like, how have I ever missed out on this film? You know, like yeah. So I'm always just looking for that hidden gem. And you know, it was at the point where I was kind of thinking, apart from movies that are currently being made or yet to be yeah. made, I don't think I'm ever gonna see a nine or ten out of ten again. You know what, Alan? I actually said that to, I think I said it to Andy. I said, it's great that Alan's seen all these films, but yeah. he he's only 23. He's never going to see any. There's only so many films you can see. Oh, I mean, that that's the thing. And I, you know, I, I actually, I always feel bad because, you know, if, if I'm watching a film with the boys or something, you know, you're not going to be able to watch a film with me that I'm not, that I haven't seen that isn't, that is actually good most of yeah, the time. Yeah. <laughs> Some, sometimes I don't even have the heart. I'll be like, no, no, no I've never seen it. Oh. <laughs> but uh, so this one hit me. This one hit okay. me hard. Um, uh, when did you watch it, can I ask? Before? I watched it about a week ago, actually. Okay, okay, Yeah, great. it's very fresh. Fresh? Yeah. Um, it's called Sleepers. I've heard of Sleepers. Haven't Sleepers. seen Sleepers, but I think it's a good one to discuss because yeah. it's an all-star cast. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of the old star, star cast, you've got Dustin Hoffman, you've got Brad Pitt, Kevin mm-hmm. Bacon. Um, De Niro? Forget something. Yeah, of course, Robert De Niro. Yeah. Um, and interestingly, Robert De Niro isn't actually really a gangster in it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, he's actually just a priest and an ordinary yeah. bloke. Hats off to Robert De Niro for not being the tough guy for once. <laughs> so while it's got a lot of all-star cast, I don't think a lot of people associate this film with those individuals so can you yeah. tell us like a, a short summary on what happens in sleepers of course yeah so it's set in this area of new york called hell's kitchen it's it's set in there and it's basically four four young lads and then um, you know they're best they're best mates and they're they're altar boys but there's this um there's there's this incident where um they accidentally um kill someone mm-hmm. Um, I'm waiting. Well, you actually don't know if, if they kill someone or if he's seriously wounded. Um, okay. I think I think possibly just seriously wounded. Um, but they get put in. They get put in. Um, you know, juvenile facility. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, basically the guards are extremely corrupt. And Kevin yeah. Bacon plays one of the guards. And I mean, hats off to Kevin Bacon here, and um, because. S- you know, self Im- self image is very important for actors. You know, I've said Robert yeah. De Niro always the tough guy. Yeah. Um, but and you know, for example, Leonardo DiCaprio rejected playing American Psycho. Oh really? I mean, why is that? Because he has such a cult following with like you know young girls. Yeah, and, it will be. And you know, that's the thing. You know, Christian Bale is just phenomenal. But like you know, my mom to this day is scared of him. Yeah, that's, once you play a villain. You could accidentally be playing villains, and some people don't mind I know that, that as their as their type. But I, I agree with it, especially this role for Kevin Bacon. It was a risk. It was a risk. So I mean, Kev, so basically, Kevin Bacon and the other guards are all pedophiles, and mm-hmm. they are you know they just they just um, you know violate violate all the, all these boys in the prison. You know, just make them do all these horrible things. Um, and, you know, interesting, this is the second film I've seen Kevin Bacon as a paedophile. What's the other one? The Woodsman. Oh, gosh, his and agent wasn't doing him many favours. No, that, that's the thing, you know, because I, I can't say I know of any other actor who's played a paedophile. Yeah, well, I'm thinking Lovely Bones. 
but I don't even know who the actor is. Mm, I know what you mean. That's not Stanley Tucci, is it? No. <gasps> it actually might be, which is really sad because Stanley Tucci, I think, is a, such a wholesome, uplifting yeah. actor. It actually might be Stanley Tucci. I think it is. Yeah, I, I didn't think of that either. But, you know, The Woodsman was in the 90s. And, you know, back then, it was even taboo to play a gay guy. Yeah. You know, like, people like Heath Ledger, Jake Gyllenhaal really broke the mold mm. and doing, doing those sorts of roles. And so I, I just think this is remarkable that he willingly did this, not once, but twice, and both in the 90s. Yeah, I think the film is um, really good at shining a light on the corruptness during that time, because it's what's set in the 60s. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, but, you know, basically, the whole point is that their time, and they were only in there for a year, was mm. so bad that it basically, you know, per- permanently scars them. Brad, Brad Pitt becomes a kind of unimportant lawyer. Um, mm. One of the other guys um, becomes a really insignificant journalist. Um, and then the other two are just hired killers. Um, yeah. And, so, you know, so... Um, you know, I, I don't even I don't even want I don't even want to ruin it. But basically, they get they get arrested, and um, the two the, t- the two killers and Brad Pitt comes up with this like scheme to try and to try and bring in all the all the guards from you know say 20, 30 years ago, whatever it was, and basically get them all all in massive trouble for this. Yeah, and it's this really incredible scheme because it's a mix between legal methods mm-hmm. and paramilitary methods so it's uh, it's just it's really well made scheme i think the whole message behind the film i'll try not to give it away either because Mm. i i do know what happens but i think um it's a good film for people to watch do you think what the what the men so the boys that turned into men what they did during that trial was just in the revenge in the do two wrongs make a right type yeah i mean we're getting into ethics now um you know a major question is you know, should should the death penalty exist? Is, yeah. know, should, should that be a thing? You know, not that the death penalty is actually part of the movie or anything, but um, you know, for for me, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I don't think it should exist. You know, I think it's I think it's really depressing if there's a serial killer who's killed thirty people and he just gets put in prison for the rest of his life because. You know, prison's bad, but it's not it's not hell exactly. Yeah. You get meals, you're allowed to work out, you get TV, yeah. you know, you get visitors, all that kind of stuff. But so many people have been wrongly convicted. Um, yeah, it just wouldn't be a right option. It just wouldn't be. I mean, have you seen Just Mercy? So it was out last year, Michael B. Jordan. Okay. Who is just he's just my mom. Yeah. Like, you know, I, in term in terms of my, my actor rankings, my boys or are Jake Gyllenhaal, Ewan McGregor, Al Pacino, Michael B. Jordan, and who was I talking about earlier that I that I loved? Who have I forgotten? We've discussed a lot of people. They'll come back to me at some stage. But um, so yeah, Michael B. Jordan. You know, it's, it's based on a true story where he's just a Harvard graduate who takes this unpaid job to basically mm-hmm. help people on death row, and he defends this guy who's played by Jamie Foxx actually. Okay. Um, okay. Who was who was wrongly accused, and it's it's all about trying to get his acquittal. But he basically ends up doing it for the rest of his life. And you know, okay. the, the the whole message behind that is there is, I mean, the percentages are I don't know what the exact percentage is, but so many people are wrongly convicted yeah. and are sentenced to death. You know, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, the ethics of human nature is an, is another one. Um, you know, 
can you truly be a socialist if you don't believe in the good of human nature? Yeah. I don't, exactly. I don't think so. I think, I think humans, humans, all humans have the capacity to be good and their surroundings and stuff determine who they, who they become. Yeah. You know? it's all, I, yeah, I believe it's all external. The likes of J.S. Mill, you know, hundreds of years ago saying, um, if we improve everyone's human intellect to a certain capacity, then, then no one, then no one will feel the need to do stuff like this. You know, if everyone actually has a quality of opportunity and stuff, you know, why, why would stuff like this happen, you know? So. Yeah, and I do agree with that. I think we're very um, privileged to be so well-educated and we can see things like this, but not everyone has had the same luxury. And that's, yeah, I think this film really um, starts conversation such as we are having now. Absolutely. Like, I feel like film is a really good medium to highlight these mm-hmm. these issues and this film does that perfectly do you have a standout performance from this all-star cast dustin hoffman um really? okay yes so he actually he only comes in there quite late when when the actual like legal battle's happening he's just fantastic he's so versatile you know he does a lot yeah of he is yeah which i appreciate uh, well alan this has been great. And you know what? Yeah. This has been, you. I don't think, I don't know if you've done this knowingly or not, but each film and this whole list, each film um, serves a different purpose yes. when one's watching a film. So the Travosky films is more of an experience. Honey Boy was like a therapeutic for Shia LaBeouf. We've got, you know, Sacha Baron Cohen, comedy mastermind, Rachel McAdams, and does a lot of romance. And then you've got Sleepers, which kind of starts conversation, makes you think. You've picked yeah. so many different films and you're the perfect example of there's not one reason to go see a film. I always think it's good to get out of your comfort zone for films as well. Yeah, yeah. which is something I definitely need to do. And anytime I do do it, I never regret it. It's always a good. Yeah, exactly. You always go in with low expectations and be pleasantly surprised. Exactly. So. And do you have any sign-ups, Alan? Because obviously you have so many adoring fans, almost as many as me. Oh, um, I'm trying to think who I, who should who should I give a shout out to? Do you know what? Sh- shout out to David Bannon, who is now my Padawan. Um, <laughs> who I I mean I, mu- I must say, you know, quite often some some people, you know, like Forbes, um, the tosser will be like, oh, you know, can you give me a few films to watch? And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll stick a few together. And I'll give him ten. He'll not watch any of them. I know uh, I hate that as well. I'm sometimes no. that person, but if someone watches a film that you recommend, they're a good friend and yeah, they trust you. Exactly. Um so Bannon says, you know, um I you know I'm I'm kinda of running out of good films to watch. And I said, here do you want me to stick a few together? And that night watches it, next night watches the second, and he is literally working his way through. Watch one last night, he's still going, he'll be watching another one today. Um, if only that boy could be as committed to his studies as he could be to film watching. So proud of him. <laughs> I know, imagine. But who knows, maybe he'll go on to do film studies. Yeah, he, he could be a great filmmaker, I don't know. You're probably all thinking after the end of that episode, Claire, why are you going into early retirement? You love asking people why they love the films they love. This episode really highlights all those films that I need to watch and unfortunately I can't balance my hotshot podcast hosting job with my mental capacity to watch films. Alan has truly inspired me. You know, I was worried he might come on and maybe this is why I postponed it for so long. Also an act of marketing because you don't give away your star performer at the start, that's just bad business. 
Anyway, I thought he may act the hard man with all his films, but he has such an appreciation for all films and I really respect that and his breadth of viewing. So guys, you have one week to catch up on all the episodes you've missed. The finale guest is a headache for me, but I know that it'll be a good one and I'd like to hope I've watched all the films that they've watched. I wonder if I've given out enough clues. Who knows? Anyway, I've been Claire, you've been on lockdown and soon you will have nothing to listen to except the voices in your head again.